as we start to see proliferation around like 5G, mobile edge computing, driving AI, pushing more data science out to the edge, the low latency compute in the store, that's going to be the interesting thing to see as that starts to mature a little bit further. We're not quite there yet, but we're you know definitely moving down that path. And I think when you start to see not just the maturity, but you have to have you know the, the range of availability across all of our markets to be able to see that at mass and in scale, that's going to be some really differentiating experiences. Welcome to The Restless Ones. I'm Jonathan Strickland. I've spent more than a decade really learning about technology, what makes it tick, and then describing and explaining that to my audience. But it's the conversations with the world's most unconventional thinkers, the leaders at the intersection of technology and business, that fascinate me the most. In partnership with T-Mobile for Business, I explore the unique set of challenges that CIOs and CTOs face from advancements in cloud and edge computing, software as a service, Internet of Things, and, of course, 5G. We are often left wondering how the leading minds in business continue to thrive. Let's find out. Our guest today is Ryan Keene, VP Technology Strategy Operations for Kroger. The Kroger company operates 2,750 grocery stores under several banner names. The company has manufacturing facilities, pharmacies, fuel centers, and more. Keeping an operation like that running smoothly requires strong leadership and innovative technological solutions. As Ryan explains, finding the right solutions for a company as large as Kroger requires a methodical approach and carefully defining the parameters of the problem you're actually trying to solve. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to talk with you about Kroger and technological implementations. But before we get into any of that, I would love to learn a little more about you. And so I'd like to open this up by just asking you, what was your first job in tech? Sure. Thanks, Jonathan. And thanks for having me on today. So my first job in tech, I was a contractor at the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. First job coming out of school, I did a little bit of everything. I had desktop support, server administration, some database, a little networking. Uh, so it was a great opportunity to kind of test my skills in several areas, get to learn the lay of the land, but also start to understand what it means to work for an organization that really has a well-understood vision and mission. Well, and I find that that kind of approach also is really helpful in that you get that understanding of how one group is working versus another and how you can kind of bridge those gaps, which often can be pain points when you're trying to implement a specific project or solution. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And when you first start out in your career and you kind of look at what is the team I work on and what are the t points that it touches, but then as you progress and your leadership responsibility grows or the scope of your responsibility grows, then it's all of a sudden that periphery, it grows out to, right? So your sphere of influence continues to grow. And, you know, in my current role, it's not just within tech, but it's also now, how do we understand the business strategies? How do we understand our corporate objectives? And now look across all of those. And then you lay the technology lens on top of it. And this is where it gets super exciting. And uh, there's a lot of passion in this space because, you know, that's when you really start to accelerate the company and you understand how technology is an enabler for something much larger. It's not technology for technology. Um, so I think, you know, just even starting off where I got to be sort of like the jack of all trades in several roles really helped prepare me for where what I do today. So for a first job in tech, as you say, that was a great 
opening experience to kind of wet your feet and get that so that you don't have this narrow focus going through your career. Uh, What was your path from your start at Kroger to where you are now? How did that progress? Yeah, so I joined Kroger in 2006. I've been here for almost 15 years. I really spent the first part of my career at Kroger within the infrastructure space. And when I got to Kroger, I honestly thought, hey, this is the grocery store I shop at. That was my knowledge of the scale of Kroger. In my first role, I had responsibility for our enterprise storage team, as well as our enterprise uh, database teams. So both of these teams are going through some massive changes. On the database side, we're going through a managed service transition. On the storage side, we're going through massive growing pains in terms of scale. So, you know, I kind of got dropped in uh, two areas where I didn't know, you know, quite honestly, a whole lot about from a technology perspective. And you're all of a sudden in the middle of everything that goes on in our business. So you're in the middle of supply chain. You're in the middle of merchandising because database and storage, they support everybody. Uh, so I quickly started to understand the scale. I quickly started to understand the breadth of the responsibility. And that started to build into other infrastructure roles. So whether it be you know, different platforms, so mainframe, Unix, VMware, cloud, but then kind of shifting over out of the infrastructure space, spent a little bit of time in development, but then I started working more on portfolio, on strategy, uh, a lot around data. And then, you know, my current role is, is kind of a mix of several things, uh, but a big part of that is to help guide our overall company transformation. Wow. So, so really continuing that theme of being able to step into different roles, uh, it's amazing that that uh, is a, a through line in your career in many ways. So if someone were to ask you what you do for a living, how do you describe your job to someone who's not already part of your team? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in, in terms of just the, the Kroger vision and, and the Kroger mission, right? So the first thing I want to focus on is I want to be part of this team that we're driving these technology and line of business solutions that provide these incredible customer and associate experiences, right, in, in terms of retail. But, you know, you step back from that and you're like, okay, now what do I do every day? You know this from your experience too. Every day, our role as leaders is to develop more leaders. So I think that's our number one responsibility. You know, I'm really fortunate that I get to work with a leadership team that is focused on uh, creating a growth culture. Uh, we're able to talk about, you know, our personal challenges, have the humility, uh, provide the coaching along those lines with our folks. And, and that part of my job, I find to be the most rewarding. And it's something I get excited about every day. What are, just out of curiosity, what are some of the qualities you look for when you're looking to develop leadership? What are the things that really stand out to you? Yeah, the two most important words in leadership are empathy and humility. So when I step back, I really want to have the folks that spend the time to understand who they serve, Mm -hmm. right? Go into that conversation with that empathetic stance and say, you know what? I want to try to understand your perspective. I may not know it, but I want to understand it. And now all of a sudden I can serve better. And then on the humility side, I want to do that in a way that says, you know what, I can learn from you. I don't know everything. I have, you know, you have all this great experience and I have all this great experience. Well, what if we get together and we start talking about it? And now all of a sudden it's like, it starts to have this big multiplying effect. Technology skills, you can teach it. Mm-hmm. Business skills, you can teach it. And, you know, of course you want folks to come in and have that experience. But, you know, in the end, I do feel like you've developed a culture in your company and you want to have, you know, progress that culture, you know, to even a higher level. And some of those things that aren't necessarily technology skills, aren't necessarily business skills. Well, and you mentioned earlier 
the importance when you're looking at technology is thinking about the outcome that you desire, the the end result you're aiming for, and how can technology enable you to reach that goal as opposed to just throwing tech in willy-nilly just because it exists. But I am curious, in what ways has tech evolved while you've been at Kroger that have been really interesting or surprising to you? What are some things that you know, you've seen change over your time there that perhaps have become really important and really transformational. Yeah, no, it's it's been a journey. We'll say that. So, you know, having been there 15 years, when I first got there, our primary focus was, man, we got to improve reliability, scalability, availability, all of sort of that service management component. To say that we were challenged in certain areas at that time would probably be a pretty accurate statement. So we invested uh, quite a bit. It was a heavy lift getting to a place where, you know, through consolidation of legacy platforms and doing work in our data centers, we get to a place where now, you know, our business partners can depend on us. And so once you, we got to that point, then we started to say, okay, well, now we're like, we can deliver predictable, but how can we be better? And then we started to shift from waterfall over to agile methodology. And this was awesome for me because as, as being a leader uh, through this period, now I got to shift my mind focus of not just changing technology to help the business move forward, but now it's like, how do I change how we work, right? How do I have a better understanding of the people every day and, and how they're delivering their work and where are those gaps at? We started to deliver incremental value and now we've kind of matured to, all right, well, now let's think about how do we start to use platforms to drive exponential acceleration, so not just a technology platform, but actually, again, look across the entire line of business, step back, understand how you can change one area of the business and have direct or indirect implications in a positive way, two, three, four orders away in some other line of business. And so that's, I think, one of the biggest opportunities that we have. We're moving down that path super fast now, and I'm super excited about that. It's exceptionally hard in a company as large as we are and as complex as we are. We're this awesome grocery store, right? We have you know, uh, we support 10 million customers a day. We have 450,000 associates, but we also have 2,200 pharmacies. We have a massive supply chain. We have a massive manufacturing capability and on and on and on that all the support that goes into that. Uh, so when you're trying to drive transformation that we like we are across something that massive, it requires this constant collaboration, this constant transparency and building on how we work just as much as building on the technology. So to think of it from that perspective of how do we continue to make good on the mission statement of the company while also moving it forward in a technological way, it's hard for me to even wrap my mind around the scope of that. Yeah, and it, it's it, you're right. It is exceptionally challenging. But you know, while we have the scale, <clears throat> we don't necessarily always have the solutions that scale. So a lot of times that is, you know, either custom developing something because, you know, simply, you know, a COTS application out of the box just is not going to, you know, fit within our scale. Or it's finding, you know, great partners and that might be startup community, that might be some niche players, you know, that might be just working our personal networks to figure out where can we create partnerships, bring something in and start doing the rapid test and learn and get something out there and then figure out, okay, do we need to invest to get it to scale? Or is it a niche within the, our overall complex that we can put it in and gain value from it? 
sort of every situation is a little bit different. You know, in the ideal world, we would want the vast majority of things that we bring in to be able to scale just like that. But the reality is it's, um, it takes a lot of work. Mm. Well, this is a great time for us to transition into more specifics about your approach to your role and projects that you've worked on. So can you tell us about a specific project you've worked on at Kroger that, that made a big difference? It sounds to me like you have no shortage of options. Yeah, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, Jonathan, I've been so fortunate throughout my career. I've had leaders that have invested in me and provided me tons of opportunities to stretch and grow. You know, uh, I've got to work on master data projects. I've got to help you know drive or move to Agile. I've got to help champion moving to cloud. I really do think I, part of my current role is some of the most exciting that I've done at Kroger, and that's uh, being our transformation workstream leader for Kroger technology and digital. So what that means is I'm collaborating with my peers from all across the company. We have a number of different work streams out there, and we're not only trying to ensure that we're investing in the best way and most effective way, I think more importantly, we're trying to drive to this new way of working that's centered around partnership, transparency, and trust. So given the scope and the scale of our company, this is absolutely critical for us to do, and it's this massive difference maker. So a year ago, I would say I would have been super challenged to reach out to all, you know, 10, 12 plus lines of business and try to find a great contact to help bounce ideas off of, collaborate, try to figure out, do we have issues that we can solve together or how do we escalate things? You know, now today we're meeting multiple times a week. We had this strong collaboration, open feedback, and we're growing this trust. And which is super important because when you look at the technology department, we're involved in everything. Right. So if you don't have that strong foundation of trust, transparency, a great way of working with all these peers across all these areas and understand what are their needs, what are their business objectives, what are their strategies, and then how do those ladder into the enterprise strategies? You know, without that, you're just it's technology for technology. Right. So now we're, we're going down that path and it's that shift from being, hey, you're the technology department. So now you're like a strategic partner. Um, and to me, you know, I get so excited um, to be part of that because I see it every single day and I know where we came from. And we talk about the things that make a big difference. I think this is something that's going to make a big difference to Kroger for decades. That's fantastic. I, I'm very curious. What does success look like for you and for Kroger? Um, I think success is going to be uh, really around that openness, uh, clear communication, the transparency that's driving the most effective use of our resources and differentiating experiences to our customers and associates. Because in the end, regardless of how well we work together, if our customers and our associates and our stores are not feeling it and they're not engaged and they're not excited about Kroger, it's not a success, right? And so it's working together uh, to understand, hey, if we have supply chain and merchandising and marketing and technology all working together, what can, how can that impact our associate in the store in a awesome way. That's a success. Um, and that's that's really um, what we get excited about. And again, that comes back to that idea of how can technology achieve the outcome that you desire, yeah. right? And I love that that's your definition of success. What is your process when it comes to evaluating technological solutions? How do you go about that? Yeah, it, you know, part of it hasn't changed in a decade. Let's start with the first one. So when you, you look at the business um, challenge you're trying to solve, is it something that you can define the requirements for? 
right? Is it something that's well understood? Can you go out of the box, right? And at that point, it kind of falls into our standard process that we all use, right? It's, well, I'm going to create an RFI. I'm going to do an RFP. I'm going to bring something in. I'm going to implement it and deliver some value that I can measure. But then there's the latter situation. And these are the ones that are, uh, can be a little bit more challenging, right? It's a little bit more nebulous. But this is where we're focused on driving differentiating value or a differentiating experience to our customer, the company, our associate. And for those, it gets into, okay, now let's step back. Let's do this ideation. Let's do a lot of brainstorming, design thinking, leading into, okay, now can we do this ourselves? Right? And maybe we do custom develop it. Or maybe this is where we look for a startup partner or we look for a niche player partner or one of our trusted partners and we bring them in and we start to iterate and, and kind of put something out there and test, right? It's the test and learn. It's the test and learn. Let's iterate through it and then figure out, is it something that's going to deliver the value that we want? Uh, we have the measurements built in place so that we can directly tie that into, you know, incremental value to the company. If it is, then at that point it becomes, okay, well, how do we structure a partnership that's you know, beneficial to all parties? And and what about when it comes to getting buy-in from leadership? What's sort of your approach to that? Um, it's really about you know that direct tie into your enterprise strategy and outcomes, and it kind of you know it gets to what is the difference between output and outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. And so, on making it sure that our our business leaders. You know, they're not the only ones that understand the outcomes, but your technology teams have to do it as well. They, they really have to understand line of sight between what are they trying to build and how it has direct impact to the company, customers, associates, shareholders, and the rest. Um, so for us, it's about how do you create the measures, the OKRs that are tied to each one of these efforts, and then make sure that we are appropriately communicating that to our line of business leaders uh, to gain their support. If there's one thing most businesses can agree on these days, it's that change has never come about so quickly. New ways of working have become the norm. As a result, the status quo no longer cuts it when it comes to helping businesses adapt and innovate. That's why T-Mobile for Business uses unconventional thinking to help businesses work smarter and grow faster. Only T-Mobile offers America's largest and fastest 5G network, It's just one reason they're better able to help businesses solve the real-world challenges they face as they evolve. For instance, their new WFX solutions help team members stay connected and productive where work happens. With nearly two and a half times the network coverage of AT&T, nearly four times more than Verizon, and $40 billion invested in network and business improvements over the next three years, T-Mobile for Business is better for your business right now and into the future. See what they can do for your organization at tmobile.com slash unconventional. Open Signal awarded T-Mobile fastest 5G network based on average speeds. USA 5G user experience report January 2021. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some users may require certain plan or features. See tmobile.com. Ryan's approach to leadership goes well beyond identifying tech solutions, but I really wanted to find out what his opinion is on several emerging technologies. And his answers really opened my eyes as to how a task as universal as shopping for groceries can be transformed with the effective use of technology. 
in what ways has Kroger leveraged customer data from a customer-facing and uh, user interface approach and also from a store operations approach? Yeah, so let, let me touch on a, a few ways we're doing that today. So for anybody that shops you know, in any of our banners across the U.S., they're likely part of our loyalty program. And so, you know, through um, our great data science, our personalization science, and then tying that into store behaviors, we use that to be able to create very relevant offers for our customers through that program. And and we do that through a couple of different ways. One is we'll do um, sort of a best customer communication that we send out to our customers, but then we also do it um, through digital coupons. If your preference is one brand, we're not going to send you another brand. We're going to send you offers for that brand. And because of that, our redemption rates are well in excess of industry average, right? So that that science tied to that is, uh, you know, it's a massive differentiator for us. When we look at then how do we tie that into our store experience, when you go into the store and um, we use that data to drive, you know, obviously what are we carrying within our stores? Where are we, do we need to improve our in-stock positions? You know, what are the brands or the commodities that we need to expand or contract? And that all gets tied into our associates experience uh, through their handhelds or through other applications uh, to make sure that they have the most relevant data at one time of what the movement through the store is. Right. So as things go out the front then we can say, hey, well, we need to restock X you know, in the next 30 minutes so we can make sure that from a customer perspective, you know, we're doing our absolute best to make sure we have a great position for you. And then you'll see some of this in the store, and it's a, a lot of our store technology is behind the scenes, but when you look at some of the data around people as they come through the stores, if you're in any of our stores and you look at the front end, you'll see some screens in front of you. The numbers on the screens are saying is, here's how many check lanes we should have open right now. And our goal there is that we want to have the fewest number of folks waiting in a check lane you know, to get through and get out of the store, right? So if we know, hey, lanes are starting to back up, we flash up there, we say, hey, we need more lanes open because we're watching the data as it comes through. And then from a user experience perspective, you know, we're building the measures into all of our products, both uh, customer facing and associate facing. So we understand how they're using the applications. So by building the measurement plan up front, putting it in the hands of our users, understanding, gathering the data that informs our product management team on where we need to make changes. And then it just kind of creates this circle that we hopefully will continue to improve that product to get to the sweet spot for both those customers and our associates. Uh, so yeah, data's, um, data, the collection of it, the utilization, the analytics around it is absolutely a huge part of Kroger and Kroger technology and digital. And and I like that you touched on the in-store experience. I mean, obviously, if you take a step back and you look even further, that data uh, applies to decisions for things like supply chain, uh, you know, which regional stores are going to be uh, stocking more of a certain product than another. You start looking at, at how data has a really powerful impact on big business decisions. And again, as you say, on the on the – uh, the store f- side of it to make sure that the associates have everything that they need in order to create a customer experience that's a positive one. So to me, that's a great use case to show how powerful data can be because it's something we can all relate to. It's some we all go grocery shopping, so we all understand. Oh yeah, the reason why I'm able to get the things that I can get at the grocery store are because 
these companies have that information and know how to act on it in a way that benefits me. Yeah, and I think the next challenge you run into is then how do you use that data at that point of you know decision, right? And, and drive that to the most relevant uh, you know, relevant point within the store and how it's being used at the time, whether via customer or an associate. And this is where I think that some of the the rapidly advancing technologies, and as we start to see proliferation around like five G, mobile edge computing, um, you know, driving AI, uh, pushing more data science out to the edge, the low latency we have at that point to com- compute in the store, where we can actually do that at that moment. That's going to be the interesting thing to see as that as that starts to mature a little bit further. Um, we're not quite there yet, uh, but we're you know definitely moving down that path. And I think when you start to see the um, not just the maturity, but you have to have you know the the range of availability across all of our markets uh, to be able to see that at mass and in scale. Uh, that's going to be some really differentiating experiences. Well, and and Ryan, you you said one of my favorite things in the world. You mentioned five G, and uh, I, I agree. Like the the uh, the possibilities are phenomenal. So I'm curious if you could think ahead and someone's going in to go shopping and you've got a, a mature rollout of 5G infrastructure and the various technologies, the sensors and the apps that integrate with that, what do you think that experience is going to be like? How do you envision the leveraging of these technologies to make a, a transformational experience both for the customer and and for the company side? Yeah, you know, five years from now, it's kind of it's kind of funny when you think about it, right? So if you had asked this question last January, I would have said, "Well, it's it's just like it is today." Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but the reality is, we're there, and I think you're going to continue to see it accelerate as these technologies accelerate. So when I think about a customer experience in retail five years from now, it's going to be this ubiquitous retail. It's going to be always on. So it doesn't matter if you're in the store, if you're at the your kid's soccer game or you're at work, right? You have the availability to get what you want, when you want, where you want, and then how you want to receive it. Um, Where I think all all these things come to play together is going to be in making sure that that is a dramatically uh, personalized experience for you, not just for you, but for your family unit. Where I think will be the differentiator though, is going to be around uh, fresh. So I think Everyone is going to push to say, how do we uh, start to understand better last mile delivery, you know, through things like delivery or like what we're doing right now and doing a a pilot with drone delivery. You know, there's going to be a lot of play within that space. So how do you do that end to end field to fork and be able to start to understand and communicate traceability, scalability, sustainability. So when, you know, Jonathan gets food delivered to your house, it is, I know this is the freshest thing and I can trust it. Whoever manages and optimizes that is going to be the winner. Yeah, I I sit there and I think about the experience from a customer standpoint and I think about things like having a shopping list that integrates with the app in such a way that I'm having a seamless experience navigating through the store to get the things on my list. Further than that, I think of what if instead of a shopping list, I'm just telling the app 
what it is I, I plan on like making that week, like a menu. And it's directing me to all the different individual ingredients. And I don't even have to break it down into a shopping list the way I did. So these sort of little experiences, I think, are things that uh, I, I just imagine as being integrated into that that store experience in the future where it, uh, again, is is just making the the entire uh, uh, visit from start to finish seamless and useful and rewarding. Yeah, and you you can actually uh, see that in a lot of our stores today uh, to to a degree of what you just described. So when you log in with your account and it's going to come up and say, here's all your usuals, right? You want us to create your list for you, right? Based on what you typically get. And then as you're going through the store, right? If you can't find something, ask the app, where is that in the store? And it tells you. And so you know, we start to you know build all of this in. And now what ha- what could happen if you could start to tie that into more like AR in the future, right? And is there some some play there that is relevant and valuable to the, not not just kind of like a techie thing, but what mm-hmm. is it that brings value uh, to the customer, value to the associates? Um, so yeah, there's absolutely, there's so much here you can build on. And it's really exciting to see this space right now because there are so many new players, so many uh, great startups that are going into this space, and then the technologies to support it are maturing really rapidly. It is so exciting. Uh, we have seen in the past a sort of seesaw effect with bottlenecks of where the the slowdown was going to be in tech, whether it would be on processors, which just keep getting more powerful and smaller, or we see it on the communication side where we have all the these cool technological solutions, but because of the throughput or the latency of our communications channels, they're not really uh, not really practical to implement. And we're getting to a phase where a lot of those doors are being opened wide and the possibilities are, are phenomenal. I love what you said right there, because in the end, when you have this technology coming in and we as technology leaders... The, you know, one of the best things that we can do is help people ask the question that they've never thought of before. That's how these companies move forward. That's how the experiences get to somewhere where they've never been. Because if I've been doing the same thing for 20 years in the same way, I will never ask a different question. And it's not going to get any better. But if we can bring in different perspectives, you know, and bring in our friends from different areas and have that conversation. And then all of a sudden now it's like, I have 20 new questions. And we have 50 new experiences and we have like this variety of things to choose where to invest that is, are all differentiating. And that is so exciting. I think our ability to help people ask new questions is so important right now. I think you just nailed the the mission statement of the restless ones with that as well. It's not enough to just sit back and do the same thing as you've been doing for 20 years, there's always the opportunity to look at it from a new perspective and improve the process for all parties involved. Before concluding our interview with Ryan, I had to ask one more thing. What keeps you up at night? So without question, what keeps me up at night is how to build the, uh, the best tech organization in all of retail. Uh, right now, every company, we're all in the same battle for talent. Uh, we know that there's not enough talent out to fill the jobs that are going to be available. Right? We, we've seen all the data. And so now it's like, how do I still go external, bring in who I can? How do I work with universities to bring in new talent that's coming out and it's going to be starting their careers? 
But most important of all is how do I uh, develop and grow the talent that we have? Uh, and doing that, doing that in a meaningful way, while each one of them feels uplifted every day that they're doing something that's differentiating, that it means something to the customer, it means something to our associates. Um, I think I'm going to have a lot of uh, sleepless nights because that you know that the talent challenge is not going to be solved anytime soon. Um, but it, it's one that's out there; it's real um, and, and it's everywhere. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on the Restless Ones. This has been uh, an incredibly interesting conversation for me and given me a new perspective on something that, frankly, I have frequently taken for granted. All right. I really appreciate the opportunity and to get to share a little bit about Kroger's story. So thank you. Ryan's background gives him a great starting off point for creating actionable solutions to solve business challenges at Kroger. He's served in the trenches, as it were, in a variety of roles. That experience gave him an appreciation for the needs and goals of various stakeholders, which is of tremendous value when, as a leader, he's working on the next generation of technology solutions. Brian also gave me a greater appreciation for how technologies like 5G and connected sensors can have a huge impact not just on me as a consumer, but on business operations as a whole. Improved operations frequently ripple outward and lead to a better customer experience, and so what benefits the business often has a beneficial impact on me as a shopper. Putting changes into that kind of context is a powerful story that encourages enthusiasm and buy-in. I'm grateful that Ryan took the time to share with us his perspective and expertise. And I look forward to many more conversations with leaders in lots of industries to learn about how they use technology to enable a truly amazing future. Make certain you tune in to future episodes of The Restless Ones. I'm Jonathan Strickland. These days, new ways of working have become the norm, and the status quo no longer cuts it when it comes to helping businesses evolve and grow. That's why T-Mobile for Business uses unconventional thinking to help businesses seize innovation. Only T-Mobile offers America's largest and fastest 5G network, which makes their new WFX solutions possible, letting businesses stay connected and productive where work happens. See what T-Mobile for Business can do for you at T-Mobile.com slash unconventional. Open Signal awarded T-Mobile fastest 5G network based on average speeds. USA 5G user experience report January 2021. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some users may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. 